I'm your host, Ksenia, and today my guest is Keith Wilson. Originally a geologist and adventurer, Keith fell in love with the world of healing meditation in the 80s and 90s. After developing his intuitive capabilities and helping himself and others work through their personal blocks, he traveled to Guatemala in 2003 and met the cacao spirit. She led him to rediscover the ancient Central and South America societies use of pure ceremonial grade cacao to open the heart, clear the mind, and empower those working towards creative goals. Learn more, Keith experimented with hand-grinding small batches of cacao that his friends and clients found revolutionary, and the positive response brought Keith to leap cacao ceremonies that dubbed him as the chocolate shaman. He's now based in San Marcos, La Laguna in Guatemala with his life and business partner, Barbara. By finding a connection between its original uses and our modern time, Keith has expanded the application and use of cacao into both creative and business worlds by demonstrating that pure ceremonial grade cacao can provide intuition and benefit in all capacities, whether that be meditation, writing, or even a budget planning session. I've been hearing about Keith for a while because anyone in the cacao world has heard about him. He is one of the OGs, if not the OG, Westerners working with this medicine, and particularly Aaron Eber from episode 101 is who introduced me to his cacao and opened my mind to his magic. In this episode, we discuss what is ceremonial cacao, what is a cacao ceremony, cacao is the food of the shift, how Keith stumbled upon the cacao spirit and has been co-creating a business with it ever since, how he sources cacao led by spirit, and why how you drink cacao is not as important as the cacao that you drink. We discuss caffeine and chocolate versus caffeine and ceremonial cacao, plant medicines, DMT in combination with cacao, natural occurring endocannabinoids in cacao. That part of the conversation really blew my mind. Why hand peeling cacao makes a big difference. How cacao guided Keith to become an entrepreneur. And at the end, I receive an unexpected healing from Keith. So if you want to witness that, that's all the way at the end. We recorded this interview by video on Zoom. So I might be also putting the video version of this interview on YouTube Stay tuned for that. A link to my YouTube channel will be in the show notes as well as everything else that we discuss in this episode. And I can guarantee that by the end of this conversation, you will want to go and make yourself a cup of delicious ceremonial cacao. You can get Keith's Cacao on keithscacao.com and use the code BREAKFASTCRIMINALS to get 5% off. In the show notes, I'm also linking to Keith's cacao recipe as well as some of my favorite cacao recipes of how I usually make it. If you want to dive deeper into this world, listen to episode 14 with Florencia Friedman and episode 101 with Aaron Eber, both about cacao ceremony. If you are called to dive deeper into working with cacao and finding your own rituals and practices, that help you move forward. I can speak from my experience. Cacao is what gave me the confidence and the clarity of launching this podcast. It has really been detrimental in me building my community, having this ritual that I go to when I'm seeking guidance or clarity on specific business steps and creative steps. 
And it's just such an incredibly powerful tool. So if you want a container in which you will be guided through establishing your own ritual in a non-dogmatic and playful way that also goes very deep, Aaron Eber, the frequency healer and cacao ceremonialist, and myself have created the four-week cacao portal course. We ran it live earlier this year, and it just blew us away how powerful it was and how many breakthroughs and expansion we witnessed in that container. And now for a limited time, just for November 2020, you can get all the materials from the cacao portal for 50% off. So normally it's $444, and now you can get it for 222 when you use code WOKE and WIRED. I will link to the Cacao Portal course in the show notes, and if you feel called, I will see you there. And for now, here is Keith Wilson. Enjoy this conversation, and let me know any takeaways or questions that arise as you listen to this by messaging me or tagging me in your stories on Instagram at WOKE and WIRED, and also tag at Keith's Cacao so that they can see it as well. All right, we're on air. Keith, I am so excited to welcome you on Woken Wired. This is one of the few episodes that I'm doing over video. I was somehow called to do that. I'm just wrapping up my cup of Keith's that I made with maca and cayenne pepper and cinnamon, and it was delicious. <laughs> so let's start at the top. Why cacao? Well, in a way, that's a question I had because about 17 and a half years ago, I arrived in Guatemala as a tourist and I recognized energetically that where I was, this, you see behind me, this lake, 50 square miles, 128 square kilometers, I was called here. And so I found a place to live, and eventually I bought a piece of property, and I began doing the therapeutic work that I had been trained to do in the late 80s and the early 90s. One day in meditation, I had a visit from a huge multidimensional energy, and I'd worked with higher beings. I was an herbalist that worked their way up to using plant spirit medicines where you work with the plant spirit rather than the plant physically. And so here in meditation was this huge energy, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was a local shaman. didn't feel like that. It felt cosmic. I didn't know if it was a new guide I was in being invited, introduced to, and it took a little while, and I figured out, oh, oh, this is the spirit of chocolate. Oh, man, I know what chocolate is. Chocolate's called Hershey's. Chocolate is, um, it's good for PMS, but, you know, and here's, yeah, come on, come on, come on. This is a joke. This multidimensional being is the spirit of cacao. I didn't know the word cacao at that time. I knew chocolate. What did the spirit feel like, and how did you figure out that it was cacao? I let it come to me. I basically tested for a few things. 
you know, are you a new guide or you and, you know, on these things. And I was just getting no, 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 no. Everything you think of, this is not what you think of. And so finally, I, I basically just had to let go. And what came into that space of, of allowing was chocolate. And so I said, chocolate? Yes, this is a joke. I'm being tested in some cosmic way. <laughs> anyway, what ended up happening was that I, uh, because I really liked this energy, and it was obviously not a controlling, manipulative, low vibrational energy. I said yes. And a week and a half later, I had met a botanist on the local boat taxi on the, that takes people from town to town on the lake that you see behind me. And I was on my way with her to a spot that's actually on the other side of this volcano, which is about 3,600 meters high, 11,000 feet more or less. I was on my way to a little community and she had a project with the biggest tree in the rainforest called Maya Nut. The old name is Ramon, the local name is Uhushte. Anyway, it's a super nutritious substance that the local people don't eat. Because if you eat Maya nut, you're too poor to have corn. And that is a big spiritual no-no. And it's very much like in our culture 200 years ago. When, if you ate white bread, or, or if you ate whole wheat bread, everyone would know you are too poor to have the real white bread like the rich folks have. Hold on, I gotta, just give me a second here. I gotta communicate with, so... This amazing rainforest food was stigmatized, just like whole wheat was stigmatized. Now, is Maya not the same thing as Maya seed in Mexico? No. No, it's different. Uh, you can, if you want to know about this substance, which is, it is Central America's most powerful superfood. And you can go to mayanutinstitute.org. This program is run by Erica Volman, and she's the person who took me <laughs> over here to the community on the other side of that volcano. On the walk into that community, I saw cacao growing. And I, I knew what cacao was because of this initial meeting with a cacao spirit, I'd gone and looked it up on the web and I saw the seeds growing in people's yards. And when we were finished with a botanist, I asked if uh, I could buy some cacao from them because I'd already, you know, I talked to the cacao spirit and, and she said, yeah, yeah, we sent you, get some. Well, the community didn't, didn't have any, but they told me if I came back in a week, they'd have some made for me. How much did I want? And I you know, five hours, buses and pickups and 45 minutes walk up into the mountains. And five hours later, I had my cacao a week later. And I brought it back here. What form did you obtain it in? It had already been prepared. And it was little bags of hardened chocolate with nothing added, nothing removed. 
no sweetening, no nothing. And I brought it back. And the next morning, I prepared myself a cup according to the cacao spirit. Which was how? Uh, just get some hot water and using a whisk, an, an, what would be called an egg whip by many. Um, just the chopped cacao will soften itself in 30 seconds in hot water. And then just break it apart with the whisk and add some seasoning if, if you wish. And I, I did that. And just for everybody, you will see me on occasion with this. This is an electronic bug zapper for mosquitoes. I need one like that for flies. Yeah. And we have a neighbor uh, right next to me who has lots of open containers of water that breed mosquitoes. He doesn't really care. And so I have a bug zapper, and you'll see me <laughs> using it on occasion when one of those little blood-sucking vampires comes in to get a meal. Anyway, um, but what happened was I drank this cacao, and about an hour later, I basically rang up the cacao spirit on the cosmic telephone that we all have, where you can talk to anyone in any dimension, in any time or place, uh, living or dead, uh, this universe or another, this galaxy or another, what, whatever. And I said, I have one of the planet's most powerful medicine plants, teacher, healer, facilitator, medicine plants running around in my body. And it's completely different than any medicine plant I've ever had. I've, I've like so many people, I've been with the shamans from psychedelic using cultures. And here I had this plant in my system, and it wasn't taking me on a trip. It was obviously totally different than Hershey's. It wasn't taking me on a trip. It actually wasn't doing anything, but the doors were wide open. My ability to connect, and that was to connect to whatever I wanted to connect to, was expanded. And so I, it, it was obvious. I had one of this planet's most powerful teachers, facilitators, medicine plants, magic plants. And, and she was different than anything I'd ever experienced. So what's fascinating here is that I've had October is a month of expanded consciousness and plant medicines on Woken Wired. And I have a feeling that it will be more than one month because there's just so much to cover. And so I've spoken with guests about psilocybin, ayahuasca, combo. Most of them are psychedelic medicines that do take you on that trip. And what, and from my experience, when you go into these experiences, into this shamanic plant healing, plant medicine healing ceremonies, you don't really have a choice. You're taken to the other side. And then how deep you go base, is based on how deep you're willing to surrender. But with cacao, like you said, it only takes you as much as you're willing to go towards it. Yes. One of the first things I learned is chocolate brings the door, but doesn't push you through it. And 
this plant medicine doesn't work in the old male, the old doctor patient, the old psychedelic model. I am going to take you. You need, I'm going to take you, blah, blah, blah. That's the, the, the male energy model. This plant doesn't work that way. And that was a new experience for me. And I realized that that was the way I had been taught by my teachers in a meditation and channeling group, where they helped us to open who we are. They didn't have a this, that, the other system. Uh, they didn't have the, the male model. They had a feminine model of open to receive. And what you're receiving is who you are. You're not receiving anything outside that you're supposed to blah, 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 but you. It isn't the doctor-patient model. It isn't the male authoritarian model. It isn't even the psychedelic model. We are going to take you where you need to go. We're going to, my sweetheart just brought me a little bit. I saw your, wow. <laughs> Is that so, cacao? Yes. And I basically said, I can relate to this model. And then what happened was that she said, well, you know, kind of, you need to get on the internet. And, you know, I'm in a town. I'm in a tiny town on the north shore of a lake. And the town only got electricity four years before I got here. Only got a road four years before I got here. And internet is available in one restaurant and one internet cafe in town. Those internet cafes, dial-up internet. Yes. And... You, you go into the restaurant and you, know, you order a plate of uh, nachos and, you know, something. And you log on. And if anybody else in the entire internet starts to watch a YouTube video or their computer starts to, fortunately, this was before Windows 10, their computer starts to automatically download something, nobody else in the entire place can load even one web page. And the guy running the internet comes running out going, all right, who's doing the download? That's amazing. And so what I would do was copy all of my emails into a Word doc so I could bring it home and over the next three days answer all of those emails in the Word doc and then three days later, go back and upload the responses. That's what internet was here. Oh, my gosh. There were no cell phones. This was pre-cell phone. In fact, I have an amazing story. A whole bunch of us were coming back on a bus from the city. And we got to the lake, or to the other side of the lake, after the last public boat had left. So we're literally, okay, well, you know, you're going to get a cheap hotel for the night or everybody is going to get together and hire a private launcher. And the, a friend of mine, about 55 years old at the time, ran the local holistic health clinic. It was a midwife and homeopathic service to the local community, helped with healing. 
she pulled her flashlight out and started talking on her flashlight. Cell phones had just gotten to the lake, and most people didn't know what a cell phone looked like. But she started talking on her flashlight to an imaginary person on the other side of the lake and arranging for a cheaper launcher, a cheaper boat, boat taxi that would come across the lake. And so she's talking to them in Spanish on her flashlight and gets the price down to about half of what it was. And then we go with a, with a local boat and they take all of us home literally about uh, 10 miles across the lake. This lake behind me is 50 square miles, 128 square kilometers. So that's, you know, that's what it was like back then. Wow. So what kind of information were you able to find about chocolate or cacao back then? Well, there were several categories. There was a huge commercial chocolate information. There was a huge bean to bar you know you go to the health food store and there's a huge rack of people making chocolate the way it was made 200 years ago they're not going through the commercial refining process they're doing it in the old way and you know everybody's got their favorites of all the different bars and there was also a rather large raw foods chocolate energy. And there were hundreds of medical journal papers and dozens, literally dozens coming out in every coming out every week. Plus, there was a rather large amount of anthropological literature on chocolate. And I'm a I'm kind of a curious researcher guy by nature. And so I started diving into this. I would go to the internet cafe and I would just copy and paste one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, from medical journals, from all of this, from anthropological stuff, from the raw food stuff, from everything. And because I'd missed the early part of the raw foods movement because I was basically hanging out in the blank spots in other people's maps. And uh, obviously no access to the internet there. You're being shit on by monkeys or something. Dead eye monkeys that are up in the trees and just love to poop on you. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. And I started learning. And I, I, I literally had a calc spirit telling me, you're going to become an international chocolate expert. You're going to have to know about commodities markets uh, because like sugar and coffee, cacao is an international commodity. The price fluctuates on an international market. And you're going to have to know all of this. I'm going like, what? And the cacao spirit is saying, you're going to have to get up a website. And I'm going, what? I'm, I'm literally going, look, I, I've got a magic medicine plant. It's so obvious. There's got to be at least a dozen other people doing the same thing I'm doing, having this adventure. And some of them, they know HTML. This was, you know, back, we're talking 2003. 
they they know HTML. They're interested in a website. I'm not. I don't know any of that shit, and I'm not interested either. And six months later, there is absolutely nothing on the web. I've been getting continuous downloads from the cacao spirit. I understand all these things that the anthropologists don't understand. I understand the true nature of chocolate. I understand why. Do you know in a place called Chaco Canyon in northwestern New Mexico, they found from 900 to 1,000 years ago, they found 200 cacao drinking jars tested positive chemically for residues, uh, technically it's theobromine, from cacao. Now, Chaco Canyon is 1,200 miles, 1,900 kilometers from the nearest cacao. Now, 900 to 1,000 years ago, people were moving cacao thousands of miles. You don't do that for chocolate. You don't walk chocolate on your back hundreds of miles across desert. Why? And I saw the anthropologists weren't getting it. They didn't, you know, Chaco Canyon has direct access to a minimum of three psychedelics. And they are going to all of this work for cacao? Wow. And I realized, I'm the only person on the planet that understands this. And I keep waiting waiting and waiting and waiting and, you know, months are going by and there's nothing on the web and nothing on the web and nobody understands. And I'm going, oh, shit. I'm the one who has to do the website. So I did. And then because I couldn't just go out in Guatemala and buy consistently fine chocolate of the quality I wanted, most of it is hybridized. It's absolutely loaded with caffeine. We've, uh, my company, Keith's Cacao, has taken many of our competitors and analyzed them in the lab. And it, rates of caffeine are five to six, seven times higher than what we have. It's, it's not what I call ceremonial grade. It's rank. So, and you've, you've had cacao like that, and you know the difference. Yes, there's so much to go in there. But before we do speak about ceremonial grade, I want to dive a little deeper into what you were pointing to. I know that there's a lot of scientific research coming out now on the large scale showing how psychedelics and psychedelic use and ceremony and ritual was essentially the basis of all of Western civilization. And there's more and more proof of it. I'm curious, in terms of cacao, what do we know now, all these years later, based on what you have experienced and downloaded from cacao itself, and any other research perhaps that has come up? What do we know now about ritual use of cacao over the years? All of these plant medicines have been available in cultures throughout history and have absolutely been critical in the formation of civilization. Here in Central America, there have been many cultures who had access to psychedelics who actually preferred cacao. Mushrooms, psilocybin-style mushrooms, are common in Central America. 
But many cultures, the Toltecs, the Olmecs, the Mayans, and the Aztecs, preferred cacao to widely available psychedelics. Now, I'm basically not here to speculate on why, only that that's what happened. Why would you not speculate on why? Because it would be speculation, because I don't know. Because in my communications with the cacao spirit, it's basically that's the way it was. Their preference was for cacao over the locally available psychedelics. Now, it varied from place to place. The huicholis in south-central Mexico mixed magic mushrooms with cacao. And there are anthropological videos on YouTube that talk about this. It's a, at least a thousand-year history. And cacao contains MAOIs, monoamine oxidase inhibitors. And for instance, ayahuasca combines two plants. One is the plant of the DMT, and one is the vine with the MAOI. And there are now Westerners in the Amazon who are using cacao with the DMT plant. They're no longer using the vine. Wow. I've never heard about that one. Are, are they doing it in shamanic cir healing circle context or how is that happening? Absolutely. Because you need an MAOI to prevent degradation of the DMT in the stomach and to allow you to absorb more of it in the intestines. It's, it's absolutely essential. And they have shifted. Now, in the Amazon, it's a political thing. It's like the left and the right wing. The ayahuasca shamans and the cacao shamans, they don't interact with each other. It's like some kind of political blah, blah, you know. Like, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats don't go to the same party. It's just a no-no. But there are Westerners who are not bound by this ancient political difference. And they're going, well, you know, if you're going, going to take the DMT plant, you need to take it with an MAOI. It's, it's essential. And they're now using cacao and preferring it to the traditional vine. Uh, obviously, it's completely non-traditional and out of alignment. And over the years, I've helped people in their journey. And, and I have on my website, the ceremonialcacao.blogspot.com. I have on my website different ways to use cacao with psychedelics for those choosing to do it, where you can take it at the same time. Or you can take, because the psychedelic generally takes about an hour to come on, and the psychedelic, or, or the cacao takes about 40 minutes to come on, you take the cacao later. You don't take it with a psychedelic, you take it yeah, 30, 40 minutes later. And cacao has also been used to where approximately, like with some, now I'm not talking iboga, that's a different category entirely, but with the a Wachuma, San Pedro, Ayahuasca, or Peyote. 
you're going to about three and a half hours in, you're going to start coming out of the deep part. And so 30 to 40 minutes before you start to leave the deep part, you take a full dose of cacao. So that you're generally taking the cacao after any purging that you would do from um, the ayahuasca or the peyote. And 30, 40 minutes before you would begin to leave the deep part, you take a full dose of cacao and you get another hour or two at depth. People use it that way. So there's all these different ways to combine it. And in my work with the cacao spirit, it's, she's like this equal opportunity employer. It, you know, it's, it's like, no, no, no. There's not a right way to use cacao. Your way is what rules. We are a connection and partnership facilitator, and you're going to decide how to use us. We're, we're not going to tell you. Uh, we're not going to have a protocol or a system. Find out for yourself. Now, you're bringing up something that's a big topic, which I would call this non-dogmatic way of sitting with cacao. You know, I have this YouTube video that's quite popular, sharing my experience with cacao. I shot it a few years ago when I just started getting into it, and I was just being mind blown by its power and the beauty of the ritual and the impact it was having on my life. And so I made a video and I shared about it. And I've gotten all kinds of comments. Most of them are really nice. But some of them come at me saying, you know, oh, I'm from Dominican Republic and we're the ones who started this. Or I'm from Mexico and we started it and you're not doing it right. And so there's so many Uh opinions in the world of cacao ceremony, cacao ritual. And, you know, part of me wants to be respectful to old traditions and be careful. Uh, I'm sorry. Cassinia, have you been trained by indigenous peoples? Do you have the right to do this? I don't exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my commenters are saying. Yeah. Uh, So what is your take on that whole world of it? I do not experience myself that I have the right to tell a multidimensional being whose physical expression is cacao. I don't have the right to tell, now it's a she for me, I don't have the right to tell her who she is, what she can do, what she can't do, who she can and can't work with. I had a multi-dimensional being, a plant spirit energy, come to me and give me an invitation. When I first began, I was, oh, am I going to be taught Mayan shamanism? Well, basically, I don't know anything more about Mayan shamanism now than I did then. Her presentation to me was, we want to work with Western people in the way Western people work. That doesn't invalidate indigenous processes at all. I've been in indigenous cacao ceremonies. I've been told by indigenous people. I'm the first white person in 500 years who understand cacao. Now, they're not judging that. I've had indigenous Mayans who do cacao ceremonies ask me for my Nawal, which is my Mayan sign, and go, 
oh my God, your sign is the same as the sign of the person in the Popol Vuh who brought cacao to the Mayans, if, if you read the Popol Vuh. But I don't feel that I have the right to tell anybody else, <laughs> and certainly not a multidimensional energy called the cacao spirit, what you can and can't do. Hey, Cassinia, you want to snort cacao up your nose? I don't have anything to say about that. Right. I think some people do that, actually, don't they? No, they certainly do. <laughs> and what I understand is, is that I had a multidimensional being ask me, literally for assistance, in, shall we say, interfacing with this world. And I remember at one point, I, I've been working with, I've been drinking cacao for a while. I understood a lot. I'd read a lot of research and medical papers and everything on the internet. And, and I said, what's the big picture? I mean, I'm using this amazing plant substance. I'm, I seem to be the only person on planet Earth who gets this. I can't find anything about it on the internet. But, but what is the big picture? And the cacao spirit did one of her things. She said, okay, we'll take care of it. Tell me. Come on. I want to know. Well, a week later, I was in the internet. And in an anthropological journal, I read an ancient myth from Central and South America. And the myth said, when mankind gets out of harmony with the natural world, chocolate comes out of the rainforest to open people's hearts and reestablish the balance. And I went, oh, that's what I'm doing. I have been asked by a plant spirit to help her come out of the jungle and enter the Western world in a Western way to reestablish the balance and be the food for the shift. And I said, yes. There's got to be a reason why it's surfacing now. You know, until 2016, I heard nothing about cacao ceremony or ceremonial cacao. And then I experienced it in Bali. And then I experienced it in New York in 2017. And since then, it's been a part of my life. And I've gotten tens of thousands of people know about it. I've, anyone you meet, it seems like in a certain type of community, people know about it and are drawn to it. So there's got to be a reason that's entering and becoming such a known tool now in this time yes it's a tool it's a permission slip to open your heart and it works and i'm, I'm honored i'm i'm choked up i'm honored that i was asked by this being to participate how have you seen it work in terms of opening hearts well in the basic way that the now works, it's individual. It's what do you need? Where are your fears, your resistances, your lacks and your limitations? Where, where are they? And let's help you. And uh, do you want to use cacao? Uh, do you want to use cacao with a microdose? Uh, do you want to use cacao with a macrodose? <laughs> 
do you want to use cacao for going to the gym? You know, we, we started getting all these messages from people going like, oh my God, I went to the gym. I put more weight on the machine. I did more sets with more reps in each set than I'd ever done before with the cacao in my system. But the really amazing thing was I was able to connect to my body. And I was able to know the difference from that little voice that's inside that says, quit now, quit now, you're good. And the true voice of my body that said, go to here, but don't go beyond because then you'll stretch or you'll cause some scarring or you're, you'll, you'll get in the way of your recovery. And people were able to know the true voice of their body while they were on the machines or lifting the weight. And hey, my sweetheart is an ex-state champion power lifter. So it's, <laughs> I'm connected to these things. Now, what about application to business? I know you have some very interesting observations and thoughts on cacao in business. Wow. Cacao is the edge that works. Productivity, innovation, creativity, cacao. Uh, now, I'm talking cacao. We started calling it ceremonial grade cacao. And we get, when there's now 40 companies out there every one of whom have taken stuff off our website and used that in their own advertising. And then that's fine. We're, we're okay. It's, it's cacao spreading. Most of their cacao is low vibe and high caffeine, which is not what we call ceremonial cacao, but that's fine. But in business for, I mean, I learned this. I bought a camera and the camera came with this little book that was a half an inch thick a centimeter thick and I had a glass of cacao and I was able to go through the manual for the camera and retain all of the different settings, all of the different buttons, buttons, all of the menu stuff and know how to navigate my camera to do what I want. And it was a, you know, it was a camera that you can use, you can set it for auto and do the point and shoot or you can take control of everything. I was using cacao to understand a technical manual. And I've had people tell me they served cacao to their focus group, to their team building experience, to their brainstorming group. And the most amazing thing that happened, everybody's got an agenda. I got my two cents worth and you're going to have your two cents worth and we're all going to fight about it. And so we're going to spend all this time bouncing back and forth with all of these different agendas and I want to be in control and you want to be in control and blah, 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 blah. And you know how it is. You've been in meetings like that where little gets done because everybody's got an agenda. And when everybody drinks cacao, individual agendas go down and a choice to join a group agenda, you know, like uh, what's best for the business? What is the solution to this problem we're working on? Better emerge. And everybody joins much easier a collective energy that supports the group, the business, or the particular problem being worked on. It, 
it's amazing. So with that, I'm imagining that if cacao is taken in a business setting like that, it's not quite the same ceremony with a spiritual edge and all of that. So my question to you, Keith, is what matters when it comes to how you intake your cacao, if anything? My answer is, so what? Do you want to have a business brainstorming session? Do you want to go into meditation and go to another level? Uh, do you want to connect to your sweetheart and make love where it is a transformative experience? Do you want to go to on a hike where you can appreciate the beauty of every leaf and the bird sounds around you? Uh, do you want to do yoga, you want breath work? Do you want to do sound healing? Do you want to create uh, whatever you're creating, music, writing? Do you want to study a technical manual? Do you want to learn a new coding language? Do you want to make executive level decisions? Now is an equal opportunity facilitator who has absolutely no agenda except I want to help you with your agenda. So essentially the how doesn't really matter when we see it from that perspective. It absolutely doesn't. Is one thing more spiritual than another? No. What do you want? What is your, your joy, your excitement is a direct message from your higher self that if you follow that, it will get you where you're going. If your excitement is to learn that coding language, if your excitement is to express your creativity. And I, I remember I had these people writing me and, and saying, saying, oh my God, I gave your cacao to everyone in the band and to the recording engineer and the producer and the person at the mixing board and, and everything clicked. We all came together. The track went down with fewer takes and more magic. We saved a ton of money in recording studio expenses. And the end recording that we ended up with needed less mixing, less messing with in the end. And it was absolutely full of magic. And it was all because of the cacao. Now, when people hear about this kind of magic, what I've seen happen quite a bit is, you know, people will see me sharing about ceremonial cacao and then they will buy cacao powder at Trader Joe's, make a chocolate drink, tag me on Instagram and say, oh, I just had my first ceremonial cacao. And I go, ah, I mean, nice try. That's definitely a step towards something, but this is not ceremonial cacao. So can we talk a little bit about what cacao is ceremonial and what kind of chocolate actually has the impacts that you're talking about? Sure. And, uh, you know, you know me, I'm not a, um, a big promo, my cacao's better than your cacao kind of guy. But I basically spent three years raveling from southern Mexico to Panama, usually in my pickup truck, sometimes hitchhiking, and I would visit growers 
and markets. And I'd buy a little bag of cacao beans. And I'd, you know, I had a paper and a pen with me and I'd write on the paper where I'd got it, what the energy felt like, and, and I'd get a bag of it. And I'd wait until I had accumulated in a box in the truck or in my backpack about 60 of these little units of cacao. And then, of course, you know, it's, 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 it's just for research purposes only. I would need to go to the beach where the water is as warm as a bathtub. Or I would need to walk into the mountains in an absolutely wild Central America place way out there. And, and, I, and I, I'll tell you a story. One morning, I woke up and, you know, I would take, I would literally take enough food to hang my jungle hammock in the middle of nowhere, uh, close enough to a little stream where I could get water. And I would take food with me, uh, you know, like nuts and dried fruit and stuff that I didn't need to cook. And I would spend a month there And in the morning, I would sample one bag of cacao. And in the afternoon, I would sample another. And I would learn. And one morning, I got up and got out of my hammock and put my clothes on and walked down to the stream. Because I had a little, it was a tiny little stream. And I had a little place hollowed out where I could dip water. And in the mud was a kitty cat paw print bigger than my hand. And I have really big hands. That's where I would go. And I would sample these different batches of cacao and communicate with the cacao spirit and learn, why did this cacao feel this way? Why did this cacao feel that way? Why were hybrids with all of their caffeine like this? Why were all all of this? I had a lot to learn. And a great deal of that learning came through experience. I had to try these, you know, take a month on the beach or on, on a remote beach or in, in the mountains, take a month sampling two batches of cacao a day, learning. From that, I understood this is the kind of cacao that I'm interested in, that I want. And then... Uh, to my basically disappointment, I discovered I couldn't go out in Guatemala and just buy it because a different batch from the same rainforest, from the same people, from literally the same trees, the, the next batch would be different and I wouldn't want it. And I'd be, it was great chocolate, super tasty chocolate, but I'd give it away. Literally, I'd get rid of it because it didn't have the energy that I wanted. And so eventually I learned to communicate with the cacao spirit. And I live, uh, this lake that you see behind me in the uh, video is in a hole. There was a giant explosion 84,000 years ago here that threw material from Panama to Miami. That's a hell of an explosion. And the lake is over 300 meters, 1,000 feet deep because it's a giant hole from a giant explosion. And this volcano here, and this double summited one here, and this one behind, 
these all happened after that explosion. And I learned, this is the kind of cacao that I want to have. And I, I learned, if you want this kind of cacao, you're going to have to make it yourself. You, you can't just go out and buy it. That was such a disappointment. I'm, I'm going to have to start making my own cacao. And I literally started making it in my kitchen. How would you make it? Can you just give us a little rundown for those who are perhaps newer to cacao? What is it actually and how is it different from powder and butter? First, I would find the cacao beans that the cacao spirit had led me to. I would ask her, I would take her advice. I would go to, um, let's say I go to a city wholesale market. Now, sometimes she would direct me there. And I would wander around and I'd find 30 to 40 different batches of cacao. And some of them, the vibration, oh, these are very obviously hybrid varieties. They are high caffeine. They are low potency. They're what everybody else wants because they're easy to peel and they're profitable. But I would, you know, wander and, and you have to go around at least three times to go through the, the bargaining process where you get a price and you walk away and you come back later and you, you know, because, and you find out, you get to understand how far people will go down in price and then it'll quit there. And I would literally get down in the market to a half a dozen varieties and then I start getting serious, going around and, again, tasting each batch, sampling a bean, picking it up and eating it right there in the market, feeling the energy. And then once I got it down to about six, communicating with the cacao spirit. And that would lead me to a place where this is the cacao I want. And then I would buy as much as I wanted to buy generally several hundred pounds and it would be uh, I, I would get some help getting it to the truck and then I'd bring it back here where I lived um, about three hours away from where I would buy it or on some occasions the cacao spirit would literally give me it, it was like having a cacao spirit GPS I would be driving down roads and I would see an intersection ahead, and I would ask the cacao spirit, right, left, or straight, right or left, and one turn after another, after another, after another, I would end up with my little two-wheel drive truck stuck up a four-wheel drive road. I couldn't go any further. And the last time this happened, I opened the door of the truck and stepped out into a giant mud puddle, and I waded out of the mud puddle. And 45 minutes later, I was in a community and they were going, oh, we've been wondering where the truck was to come and get our cacao to sell in the markets. Do you want it? Oh and I go, God. oh, yes, I want it. And the entire community, I, I'm, I'm talking 40 people, would walk out with the cacao and then they, they would all go, oh, we know where you are stuck. And the entire community came out and 40 people walked into a lake of mud, picked the truck up, turned it around, pushed it out, pushed it out, loaded the cacao in it, and I came back here with wonderful, magical, powerful cacao, just the kind that I wanted. So once back here, 
I went through this lengthy process with this energy called the cacao spirit. And she would literally tell me, look, you can make cacao any way you want. You want to make it raw? Okay. And I was more of the, well, I, I don't really care. I don't have a philosophy of how I should make it. What I want to do is make the best cacao possible. And the answer to that was, was, well, basically, do you want to make it the way the shamans have made it for thousands of years? Oh, yeah. You know, given that I don't have 50 ladies on stone matates grinding it, because that's just, you know, sort of impractical. But yes, I want to make traditional cacao, the way the shamans would make it. And so what I learned was, okay, you want to lightly toast the cacao. So when you say cacao, you mean the beans, right? Yes, the, the beans that I buy that have been fermented and dried in an ancient historical process that has all kinds of enzymatic and other things. Obviously, the uh, professional chocolate companies have studied the chemistry at a profoundly deep level. And there are all these changes that happen in fermentation and then drying, uh, many of them with enzymes. Cacao is both a fermented and a sprouted food. And people don't realize that. Chocolate is a fermented and a sprouted food. Now, once I had the beans that had been fermented and dried so they can be transported, the cacao spirit said, well, okay, you want to lightly toast them. And I discovered that, okay, I'm living in an indigenous community high up in the mountains. Uh, cacao doesn't grow here. We're, we're too high in elevation. But there are women in this community who have been on their wood stove roasting coffee for generations uh, because this is a major coffee growing area. Right, right over here, whoop, whoop, right there, this area, most of the coffee in this area goes straight to Starbucks. Very high quality coffee. Now, as you know, if you under-roast or over-roast coffee, you mess it up. And, you know, some people like a lighter or a darker roast, but it has to be just so. And I discovered that the, the, there all these families in, in the community I lived in had been roasting coffee for generations, but they didn't know anything about cacao. Now, if they had been roasting cacao and I wanted it done a different way, I would basically be putting down their tradition, making them wrong. And that is highly offensive in the indigenous culture that I live in. But since they had never roasted cacao, but they were highly experienced coffee roasters. They, they, they knew just how long to do it to get it just the way their family wanted it. They were absolutely willing 
to roast cacao however I wanted it roasted. And they could do it because of their experience with coffee. They could do it consistently and repeatedly. And the cacao spirit taught me that you want to, you need to roast it a little bit so that you can peel the skins off the beans easily. Now, most cacao is machine processed and you have to roast it a lot so that the machines work efficiently. And to us, it tastes burnt. And that's the majority of cacao out there. It's, I don't like it. I don't want it for myself. But right now, we've got 10 families in this town that lightly toast and hand peel our cacao. The machines to peel it, they're very simple, basically. I could make one from local materials, and it would be a lot cheaper and a lot faster. But what hand peeling the cacao does is there are approximately 450 beans in every pound. And a woman peels each bean individually. And as she peels it, she looks at it. Is it moldy? Has it been eaten by bugs? Is there something wrong with it? If there's something wrong with it, she throws it on the ground. The chickens eat it. They love it. The chickens lay really rich eggs with great, big, orange yolks. Highly nutritious for the family. I've peeled a lot of cacao by hand. It takes me one hour to peel a pound of cacao. One hour. Now, the ladies are a lot faster. But this is a high-cost, time-consuming process. But every single bean is looked at. And if there's any mold, if there's any weirdness, if there are any bugs, it's thrown on the ground. I'd like to try those eggs. I don't want my, I don't want my sweetheart eating moldy or drinking moldy cacao. And if I don't want my sweetheart drinking it, I'm not going to sell it to anybody else. So then we go through another step. Once the ladies peel it and bring it back here, we have eight trays that are four feet long and two and a half feet wide. And all the cacao goes on those trays and is sorted through bean by bean, scratch, hair, moldy anything, is seen and discarded. And so obviously we have a lower percentage of return. We buy so many pounds, uh, the number of pounds of finished cacao we get is less than anybody else. So our cacao is going to cost more. It's going to have to. But I want to make the best possible cacao I know how to make that is the cleanest, that has the less mold. And, you know, when you put it through a machine, everything is ground up, mold and all. And, I, you know, I, I, I've watched the cacao. There's eight different colors of mold. I know what that stuff looks like. I don't want to eat it. I don't want my sweetheart eating it. And I won't sell it. So we throw it away. You can come to my yard. And you can look at an area, a large area of banana plants that has hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of cacao beans poured on the ground 
as compost, as mulch to grow bananas because I won't sell it. Nobody else does that. Okay, that's fine for them. Yep, we got to sell our cacao for a little bit more. And as you know, and we, uh, we hear this from everybody, and we have also taken the whole over a dozen of our competitors, sent them to an independent lab to be tested for active compounds, for caffeine, for everything, and seen the difference. It's obvious. Now, what determines the caffeine in cacao? Mostly genetics. The smaller, indigenous, harder to peel, more expensive to work with cacao generally has a whole lot less caffeine. When you start crossbreeding it with South American varieties, you've got a lot more caffeine. Are you getting more cacao? Yep. I wish I was getting more too. I've got a, I've got a little jar of it here. And so I've made business choices along the way. And my desire is to make the kind of cacao that will best support your spiritual magic, your coding magic, your business productivity magic, your going for a walk magic, your yoga or your what, what, whatever. And I joke with people that absolutely the best thing I know about cacao is that I met my present sweetheart about 11 years ago in the United States, and we communicated over the web, and it was obvious there was a deep connection. And when it was time to invite her down here, I said, you know, if you come down, under the bed is 200 kilos of the best cacao in the world, and you can have all you want. Come on down and visit. And she did. I don't know anything better than that. And that's the cacao I want to make for other people. Yes, we send it to the lab. We see that it's different. Of all of the cacaos from major international competitors that we sent to the lab, our nearest competitor had 65% of the active compounds that our cacao has. Most of the cacaos clustered around 55%, just over half. Now, will you speak a little bit to those compounds? Because I'm assuming you're talking about theobromine, what else, magnesium, or what are some of the ones? Well, some of the main ones are anandamine and phenylethylamine. Phenylethylamine is a, it, it's called a love chemical. When you are in love or when you are engaged in an activity where you lose track of time, you've got phenylethylamine running around in your system. Now, anandamine, or for, for some anandamide, is an absolutely amazing compound. The human body has more cannabinoid receptors in the brain and nervous system than any other receptor. Now, the brain's natural cannabinoid is called anandamine. Uh, ananda means bliss in Sanskrit. The cannabinoids in marijuana, CBD and THC, mimic the brain's natural cannabinoid. Cacao, it's basically pretty much the only plant out there that has the brain's natural cannabinoid, anandamine. 
not a mimic like CBD or THC. That's there. There's a whole bunch of other compounds. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've read the chemists and they go, there's not enough of blah, blah, blah to really affect the human system. So it's some kind of synergy. It's some kind of magic. I, I don't know, you know, whatever. But my joy is to produce cacao, ship it around the world, sell it, that has the maximum amount of these compounds uh, so you can actually use less. And, and to, you know, we, you know, as I said, we've sent it to the lab. Most people are around 50% of the active compounds that we have. And in addition, to produce cacao with the least mold and other kinds of contaminants, because once it's all ground up, you can't see any of that stuff. Now, what we're talking about is spirit-led business. So if you were to summarize, Keith, what were the top learnings from taking this communication with a multidimensional being, having all these profound experiences, and then actually having to take it into the physical realm and spread it through the entity of a business? What has that been like? And have a business with an e-commerce site. and ah! All around the world. That's right. Okay. The answer would be fun. No. I was a processing intuitive. I was a psychic healer. I, was, I, I learned half a dozen different medical systems. That was my interest. I don't want to have an international house selling business. Well, let somebody else do that, for God's sakes. I don't want to be a business person. I want to live my life helping other people, having the freedom in the morning to snuggle with my sweetheart. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to go to a Guatemalan hot springs and have fun. Oh, well, <laughs> along the way, the cacao spirit called, and I ended up with an international business. Last night, my sweetheart and I and 11 other people bagged 532 pounds of cacao. And next week, we'll do that twice because we physically touch, we work with, we, in a sense, pray over, we hold the energy for every single block we work with. My sweetheart or I have touched every single block. So I arrived in Guatemala as a tourist on an adventure, realized that I belonged here energetically, that somehow this was the place for me to be in work, and it grew. And I never wanted to be an international business person. Eh, but guess what happened? I wanted for myself the best cacao magic plant on the planet. But this strange thing happened. People kept coming to the door saying, I want some. And basically, every year, the business doubled. I had to literally build my second building. I've got... 24 local families that depend on us. And right now in this catastrophe of COVID where tourism has collapsed, I'm, I'm one of the major employers in this town. And we recently had a local problem where rocks came falling down the mountain and the army came here to help clear it. And 
we sent all our workers to help the community. Uh, we, we paid them full wage and sent them off to help. They helped in the food distribution. They helped in the kitchens. And they helped by going up the mountain with tools to make it safer for everyone. Big rocks came down the mountain. People died. Houses were destroyed. And now we are contributing to the rebuilding of those homes. It's what you do. You, we've got a family here. In the very early days, there were no ambulances. I was the ambulance for this town. I slept with my door propped open on a rock so that I could hear someone banging at the gate with an emergency and take them and our course, basically their whole family went with them, take them to the hospital. I had a baby die leaning right here against my arm on the way to the hospital. That's the beauty of business, right? Even when we don't have plans to start one, it comes through us because we're meant to hold the space for it and, and make the impact that we're meant to make both directly through serving people cacao, but also indirectly through the resources that are created along the way of running the business. Well, here's this energy that according to that ancient myth said, when mankind gets out of harmony with the natural world, the cow comes out of the rainforest to open hearts and reestablish the balance. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just I'm honored to be part of that. And I'm very grateful to be living here in Guatemala, to have an astonishingly incredible sweetheart and two absolutely amazing kitty cats, one of whom is sleeping right next to me now. Now, as we wrap up, I want to ask you this question, Keith. What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about cacao? I would say it's an energy that is common in anthropology and all the way through. Uh, you know what chocolate is. You grew up with chocolate. It's wheat candy. It's whatever. Chocolate a cow, whatever you want to call it, is something else. It is a facilitator, a connection and partnership facilitator. It's a magic plant that people, people in Chaco Canyon in northwestern New Mexico, 900 to 1,000 years ago, they went thousands of miles to get cacao. I mean, I, I serve 10 people, 11 people out of a pound of cacao. They had 200 cacao drinking jars. What an astonishing amount of work to carry on your back. They didn't have pack animals. To carry on your back hundreds of pounds of cacao across deserts. What an astonishing for chocolate and my job was to rediscover that and to discover the incredible range. It's all called cacao. It all is cacao. Some of it's very high caffeine, very low energy. Some of it's, it's all, all different kinds. And so the misunderstanding you're asking me to talk about is literally that 
cacao is cacao. Well, it's not. And anybody can find out from them for themselves. I mean, my, our business partner in the States bought cacao from everybody and tried it. And it literally went from super high caffeine to truly awful. It made him almost want to vomit. Uh, they, everything. And my interest became, I want to work with a cacao spirit to have the highest grade ceremonial type cacao, energy type cacao, supporting your uh, reading a technical manual type cacao, supporting your, if you want to really connect with your sweetheart and take love to another level. I, that's what I want. That's what I want to have. That's what I want to, I want to make it. I want to sell it. Here for it. I was feeling uh, angry at my sweetheart today. And then as soon as I even thought about making cacao, I didn't even drink it yet. Like this wave of compassion took over me and I texted him and I said, I'm so sorry. I was impatient with you. So when we drink it, it clearly works. But even when we don't, I find that when we just invoke the spirit and invite it into our presence, it's there. It absolutely is. But you don't have to use that. You don't have to use it for that. You can use it for, you want to get angrier? Cacao will help you. You want to dive deeper into blame? Cacao will help you. She's an equal opportunity plant medicine. I actually don't know of another. Now, that's cacao. What about Keith, the chocolate shaman? What is <laughs> a misunderstanding or something that perhaps you wish people asked you about and understood about you, but don't? Wow. I, actually, I don't know anything. Yes, we, we, we get the, the people who say their cacao is better, and I'm delighted. Yes, please have better cacao. We get the people, as you personally have experienced, that say, you do not have the right. This plant spirit is owned by indigenous people. And if you don't have permission or authority from them, you shouldn't be using it. It's called cultural appropriation. That's the technical term for it. I'm happy with all of that. I had a plant spirit medicine. I had a multidimensional being come to me and invite me on an adventure. I'm very glad I said yes, but I didn't have to. I had no idea in the beginning, in the beginning what that adventure would be about. At this point, I'm glad I said yes. And it is still growing and evolving. And we, Keith'sCacao.com, uh, we're making the cacao that we want to make in the way we want to make it. And other people are absolutely invited to do the same. And I'm having fun. Even though having an international business gets to be a bit of a pain in the ass at times, an obligation. What I'm hearing is saying yes to spirit and with joy and fun and dealing with whatever else comes with it. And... I get to have the best chocolate in the world. That's a nice side effect. And I get to share it with my sweetheart. Keith, is there anything that 
I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? You really want to know? Yes. (laughs) Close your eyes. There's an energy right above your head that is a part of you that you let go of as a child because it didn't fit in the consensus reality. And you're ready to have her back. And she is expanded. She's aware. She's connected. She's your next level. She is you. And you're ready to say yes and have her back. Ready to integrate her. And there is literally nothing to do except say yes, and you will feel this energy coming into you. And it is now, already. And I want you to feel the joy and the fun. And feel the celebration all around you. All your guides, your multidimensional unseen friends, are absolutely celebrating you saying yes uh, to you. There isn't anything else to say yes to, but more you. I felt it sort of going down in my heart line, kind of going down and clicking in. Yes, it will integrate into your heart first, and then it will spread because it's your whole being. So it would be all chakras. It would be, your, it would be all of you. It's not focused in just one place. It's a total upgrade. Wow. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> wow. Well, why, why not? You're ready. And, you know, your higher self just said to me, Yoo-hoo. <laughs> let's roll. She's ready. It's her time. She's already made the decision. We just need to let it click into place. Now there's more. And this is directly through the back of your heart chakra. The, the back would be the receptive part of the heart. You give love out the front, but you actually let it in through the back. That coming in. And you'll feel a bunch of it go down into your third chakra, solar plexus, power center. And over the next week, a bunch of it is going to move into your second chakra to help you open the next level of your creativity, which is very important to you and fun. And I would say most people have the blockage of their creativity at the throat level, letting it out into the world. You're ready to let it out, but you don't have access to it inside. This is for access inside. It felt like a... A wave, a wave coming in, not just like the heart love area, but all through the back. Yes. So what's there to do now? Have more cacao? I want more cacao. Uh, well, basically, have more fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, more fun, more love. And the next time you put your arms around your sweetheart... It just, in a, in a big hug, you're going to feel a difference. And so will he. Ooh, thank you so much, Keith. Thank you, Cacao. Thank you, Keith. More fun. Yes, more fun. More magic. We're, we're here for magic. So I, I have, for all of your listeners, I follow many higher dimensional beings. 
and various things like that. And I, I want to give you and your listeners a suggestion of a place to go to just check it out. This is a YouTube channel. And the name is Allison Co. A-L-L-I-S-O-N, last name C-O-E. She's got a YouTube channel. She is a hypnotherapist uh, in Portland, Oregon, the United States, who works in the Dolores Cannon style. And every once in a while, uh, sometimes not for five or six months, she will put up a transcript of one of her sessions uh, where, where she asks her session, her client, if she can literally read the transcript, read what she says and what in hypnosis the client's higher self or future self or guides have to say. And she'll literally read the transcript. So a lot of her, the videos are basically just black. She's just, it's just an audio. Because all she's doing is reading a transcript. Thank you. I will do that. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. So everything we've been mentioning here, your blog, Keith's Cacao, you can go to WokenWire.com and find links to everything we referenced in this conversation. One more thing. There is an energy in your heart chakra that wants out. It is truly a blessing, a personal energy blessing that you would like to just let out, let loose in the world. You don't quite understand that you're a transmission channel for very high levels of divine healing energy. And through your podcasts and things like that, it, it comes out. But far more than that, you're a light worker who can, if you choose to do so, transmit very high levels of healing energy. And basically, everyone that listens to you can do the same. Now, digital media, like this podcast, art, is designed to carry higher vibrational energies, where literally the podcast is the horse on which higher vibrational energies ride. So right now, I want you to just hold your hands up like this, slightly curved as if they are little satellite dishes, and send out to all of your podcast listeners, absolute magic, higher dimensional energy, where each individual re will receive the frequencies they need, the frequencies their higher self orders. And you're going to get some messages from people about this podcast, about how you just help them, because you are that transmission channel, that helper, that healer. You are. You can hide it. You can run from it. You can accept it. You can, yeah, you can do all kinds of things with it. But you are one big energy. It's all based in love. Right there. Okay, right there. You just, you're letting yourself experience the activation in your hands that it's flowing through you. Yes? Something is happening and you're aware of it. There's a lot of thinking at the same time, you know, like processing up here. Oh, yes. That's just fine. That part of you will demand to try and understand it. 
even though it can't. That's absolutely normal. You don't need to resist it. Now you can put your arm around it and give it a hug and say, just, just watch, just feel. That is divine light coming out of your hands and going through this digital media called a podcast. And you can not only do this, but you can do it well. You know, it's really synchronistic. I just put out a, my first uh, formal meditation out there. And the cover image for the meditation is me standing like this. <laughs> <laughs> Before I knew what I was doing. I mean, I've been told this multiple times over the years that specifically there's something in me that's wired to transmit light over digital media. Yes. Yeah, I feel it like more than ever right now in my hands. I concentrated, you know? Yes. This is who you are. This is a gift you have. Uh, you know, you're invited to do, make your choices and do what you want to with it. Say yes. Yes. Run like hell. You're invited. So I want to ask the people who listen to this podcast to send Senia a little note about what this transmission did, how it changed your life, literally. Send her, send her, drop her a note because she's no different than I was. I needed a lot of validation. Yes, I was doing it. Yes, I was good at it. Yes, I was blah, blah, blah. And I knew it, but I, I needed the validation in order to accept what was real. And we all do. Because you're not normal. You're a wizard. You're a wizard who channels divine light. Deal with it. <laughs> ah. As he has his final sip of cacao. Keith, thank you so much for this profound gift and for this really profound invitation to let go of everything that should be and step into more of what we already are, what I already am, what one's listening already are. And, you know, I've been in your ceremony before virtually, and I was curious about experiencing what you just did, but I was too shy or maybe wasn't ready. I believe in divine timing. So I just really am grateful for us having this portal to sit together and to share it with others. Now, one of the things this is going to do is it's going to help you stay in your center it's a lot bigger than you and a lot bigger than me. And if you can stay in your center, you'll be able to help other people come out of the chaos and find their own center. That is the most important thing you can do right now. When you leave your center, learn how to get back and have more fun. Make more love, whatever that is for you. Yes. Invite yourself. You know, all, all the higher beings say, we have all been waiting eons for this lifetime. This is the lifetime like none other. You might as well enjoy the party. Don't get freaked out by it. Enjoy the party. This is the lifetime like none other. What we have all been working for, literally for eons, it is going to happen. It's a done deal. It's absolutely guaranteed. Yep, we got to go through some chaos. Bring it on. Really, really, really grateful for you, for your time and energy, for your guidance, for your cacao. And 
for everyone who's tuned into this and received this with their hearts. Thank you so much. Have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. I was buzzing and blown away by this conversation. And I felt that integration that Keith spoke about of my heart and creativity coming alive and clicking in for the following week. I'm still present to it now that I think about it. And if you're new to the world of cacao, I encourage you to go to breakfastcriminals.com. I have an in-depth blog post where I share all the research I've done on what is ceremonial cacao, where does it come from, how can we consume it, how can we make it, how does it actually impact our physical body, our emotional body, our spiritual body as well as share some of my personal takeaways from working with this beautiful plant medicine. If you feel called to order Keith's cacao, make sure you use the code BREAKFASTCRIMINALS so you can get 5% off. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and have all of your questions answered within a tight, concise, but very informative course, then check out the cacao portal. Aaron Eber from episode 101 also known as the Frequency Healer, and myself have really just distilled and poured in a lot of the studies we have done ourselves. Combined, we have probably 10 years of sitting with cacao, working with cacao, serving cacao. And uh, we distilled it all in this four-week course where you can get all of your questions answered, as well as be gently guided through frequency healings, meditations, and journaling prompts, all designed and curated to work together to help you find your own relationship with cacao that feels expansive and spacious and aligned with who you are. Because there's not one right way to work with cacao and it looks and feels so different for each one of us. So one of my personal missions is to hold space for you to find what elevates you, what makes you feel expanded so that you can stand in your truth and so that you can share your medicine with the world. Share Your Medicine with the World is the name of the meditation that I mentioned to Keith. It is up on Insight Timer. It's a free app with millions of teachers and meditations. And so if you want to experience that, if something in your body buzzed, as I said that, go and check that out. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. And if you're called to cacao, know that there's a reason why. And that there's something for you to discover on the other side of this magical medicine. So keep me posted on your journey. I would love to hear from you. 